in love with movies, in love, in love with movies. With Danny and Nick. Da da da. Are you gonna get close or not? I am close. <laughs> Gee, so pushy. Just trying to make sure we get the best audio quality. Mm-hmm, 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 mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. How's your uh, How's your New Year doing? New Year, new me. Oh yeah, how are you and new you? We're good. We eat the same amount of cookies. <laughs> Work out just about as much. Uh huh. Uh huh. I'm missing the new part here. <laughs> One of these days, I'll get to that. Oh. Okay. Well. Well, hello there. Uh, this is uh, welcome to the In Love with Movies podcast. I am Nick. And I'm Danny. All right. And this is the podcast you have found where we discuss uh, what it is we think to be in love today. Disclaimer, we're not, you know, experts or anything like that. Just two young people in love. And so we talk in general about what we think that entails in today's life. And then we also take about 20 more minutes to discuss some movie that we, uh, you know, have seen recently and has some kind of significance to us together. This, uh, this episode, we are discussing, for the first time ever, a recently released movie, Star Wars Rise of Skywalker. <laughs> we are very excited for that, and including uh, some, uh, some listener questions that we're going to address later, but that will come in the second half of the episode. What are we talking about before we get to that, Danielle? Well, Nicholas, we're going to talk about uh, shared interests. <laughs> you I forgot. You to look at your notes <laughs> for that. Like, what are we talking about? <laughs> I forgot. Uh, yeah. How you should, can, should, will, maybe share interests with your partner. Yeah, yeah, and, and how we managed to do that. I think that, um, I know when I was younger, I sort of always viewed things as like, oh, having shared interests in common already is an important thing when you find a, you know, long-term partner, somebody you're interested in dating, things like that. And, uh, you know, you especially have shown me that I think it's more important to actually share each other's interests, whether you have an innate interest in them or not, uh, you know, as opposed to, like, having common interests right off the bat. Yeah, I agree. I think people always talk about how opposites attract, and I think it's because if you were with someone who is just like you, most people, minus narcissists, might go crazy. I mean, I don't like me, so... Oh, I like (laughs) you. I, of course, couldn't... Well, exactly. See, there you go. I don't have to like me to have you like me. Yeah, but Nick has really... We talked about this a lot. We have talked about this a lot in, like, six years we've been together, and um, it never really clicked to me until I realized that I'm dating a man who I... and married to a man that I never thought... He's just not my type. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But it's really not always about having a lot in common. It's about showing interest and passion for what your partner shows interest and passion for. Yeah, so what are some things that, uh, you know, you have shown interest and passion for, or maybe have even developed interest and passion for that you didn't have before you met me? Um, Well, first of all, Star Wars. (laughs) I don't know if y'all know this, but we have (laughs) matching Star Wars tattoos. Indeed. Uh, Our wedding cake topper was Star Wars. For those of you who attended it, you know, you probably didn't even notice. Yeah, because it was also glittery AF. That's right, and glittery AF is an interest of yours. So not only can you, you know, have shared interests at some times in your life, you can find ways to combine them even. Yeah, I mean, Star Wars is a big one. I had never seen all of the Star Warses, plural, before I met Nick. And by the way, when we met, 
the third trilogy wasn't even a thought. It probably was a thought, like, you know, the whole time because George Lucas or whatever. But um, so I had to sit, had to sit and watch six Star Wars movies. And that took a little bit of time. Um, I remember seeing the old ones growing up. I guess the the newer ones, too. But I watched them again, all of them, uh, and enjoyed some of them. Like the Ewoks. Which one is that? Ewoks. That's Return of the Jedi. Return of the Ewoks. Return of the Ewoks. And then other things that Nick has really uh, graciously... Oh, you, you're jumping ahead to my next question. Go ahead, go ahead. What um, are some things Shared that, uh, interests with me are uh, yoga. I wrote down yoga. <laughs> <laughs> and improv. Nick has gone to, I would say, 99% of my shows. Yeah, you north, have. North you, of 90%. Okay. North of 90%. You missed like three or four shows, maybe. And, spoiler alert, they're not all good. <laughs> so if you're listening to this and you're on my improv team, uh, I mean, we're all great together most of the time, but you all know they are sometimes painful to sit through. No comment. No comment. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> I, I would say yoga is one I think is a great example because uh, I was trying to think of ones that are examples of where like maybe... We've tried to share it and, and have developed a genuine shared interest, but maybe not exactly the same overlapping interests. So <laughs> for those of you who may not be aware, there is a, uh, a place you can go to do yoga called uh, Core Power Yoga. Not sponsored by Core Power. We are not sponsored by Core well, Power. Well, I am because they pay me. But <laughs> And that's where I was going to go. So Danny has uh, you know pursued the ability to be a Core Power Yoga instructor. And Core Power, part of what they're known for is this thing called Yoga Sculpt. Where you do like sort of, you know, cardio boot camp type things and also do yoga with like very small weights. Now, her membership there and, and, and encouraging me <clears throat> sometimes more gently than others to participate in yoga has led me to discover that yoga is actually kind of fun. And, and, and in fact, I get a, a fair amount of enjoyment from what I would consider regular yoga classes, you know, the sort of slow paced things where you're holding a position and it's helped with flexibility and stretching. However, there has been multiple attempts where I have agreed to go uh, attend one of Danny's classes for Yoga Sculpt, and I have attended it for other people, and I have never once enjoyed that experience. <laughs> okay, that's a very sweet way to put it. He hates it. He hates <laughs> Sculpt. He says we're too, too woo, and he doesn't like my loud blasting music that normally motivates humans, but it's fine. It's it depends fine. on the human. depends on the motivation. <laughs> but despite that, we still get along. I still love you. Yeah. Um, other things Nick has super duper gotten me into oh. is um, like watching movies and TV shows. Before I met him, I, I didn't even have a TV when I met you. Oh my God, you're right. You, you're, the only television you had was, was your roommates. Yeah. And and you didn't watch it that often. No. Where, whereas I have a need for like a nice television in the living room and an additional television in my bedroom. He's also obviously this whole, this is the reason for the podcast, but turned me on to to movies because I used to like some movies and those movies are all I liked. And so I'd watch the same movies over and over and over and over and over again. Um, some of them we've already <laughs> talked about on this podcast and we will talk about. How many times have you seen Model Behavior? Model Behavior, I wouldn't say as much because I didn't own it. It was on <laughs> Disney Channel. Now ask me how many times I've seen Hairspray, Hocus Pocus, She's the Man, Big Fat Liar. <laughs> you know, those quality movies. Oh, yeah. A thousand. Or more. Um, or Master of Disguise. Which oh, yeah. Master of Disguise will be a future episode. But That's anyway. That's a great movie. But yeah, Nick has taught me to uh, 
he made a list when he first started dating, which I thought was cute, of what did you call it? Like your cinematic education. My cinematic education, my must-see movies, and I didn't believe him because I didn't want to watch a movie called Fight Club because in my head I was like, I don't want to see people just beating the crap out of each other or. Um, The Untouchable. No, I didn't see that. You're thinking of The Usual Suspects. The Usual Suspects. All these movies I would never watch because I like happy, rom-com, friendly, childish movies. (laughs) (laughs) And Nick has really opened my eyes to some that I think are okay. You you liked both of the movies you just listed, and then there's been others that you you did not enjoy. Yeah. Memento is cool, too. (laughs) But anyways, <laughs> I actually think I'm glad because like I did, we did not plan this out, but I actually had it written down. I, I thought this podcast is a perfect example also of our, our blended ideas because that's my passion for movies. And, you know, for as long as we've been dating, you've been even more sort of schmaltzy, schmoopy, lovey, romantic, um, you know, and, and have helped uh, me see sort of the, the, the importance of that in life and prioritizing that over other things, you know. That one might prioritize. So that's true. I wrote on my list um, what a shared interest that we now have is family. So to our mothers who are probably listening to this, you're welcome because I am very much a big into being with your family, calling your mom every day, uh, talking to your family, being around them. And Nick wasn't as much when we first started dating, and now... And just to clarify, it's not that I, like, have an anti-family or did, did not love my mother or did not care for her. However, <laughs> I do communicate with her more frequently, more regularly, uh, thanks to your influence. And I yes. think she knows that. We've talked about that before. Yes. So, um, it's just been, you know, we've helped each other grow through our shared interests and our shared passions as well. Nick ha- has a passion in psychology, and I am convinced... That is the reason that we're still together is because he understands my crazy. And so instead of, you know, writing me off like other people used to do, he would just say, but why do you feel that way? And through his passion, he was poking me, not physically, well, sometimes, (laughs) but you were poking me saying, why do you feel this way? Uh Uh-uh, I'm not going to let you sabotage this relationship. I'm not going to let you be this crazy or feel your feelings alone. And through that, through his passion, he's really opened up my, my life experience, I guess. Yeah, and I, I mean, it, as I always tell you, it's a different kind of psychology. I think I don't know whether I would personally label that within the same realm, but I, I think that just take credit for it. Okay, well, <laughs> it is definitely me wanting to understand and, and, and know things. That's I'm I'm a bit pedantic. I sometimes have a need to like understand and know absolutely everything that I possibly could. No. Oh yeah. <laughs> um. So yeah. No, I think that's definitely led to a lot of sort of our situations and things of that nature what are any other sort of things you can think of that maybe either i have driven your passion or you have driven my interests i see you have it written down there too oh do you video games yes now i'm not as good at this one you also don't love it i don't love it but i I, I try you do which i greatly appreciate this to me is is tennis Uh i have tried so hard to have the same passion for tennis that you do and i just i don't care I, tr- I try to remember <laughs> the names of people yesterday I, you said look Djokovic is playing Nadal I was gonna say I knew both of those names and I think those are the only two tennis names I know besides because Djokovic is on my uh my top five list okay sorry yes <laughs> top five uh celebrity sex list if Correct. you all weren't uh, able to track that down Correct. I have to just accept the fact that if you know one day Djokovic or you know I mean Justin Timberlake I'm pretty sure I would just lose lose everything but uh <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> my whole my whole life would come crumbling down because my wife would leave me. But anyway, I uh, yeah no I've I've tried to learn some names or I think of like um, certain aspects of I think of like video games being what that is because I've also tried tennis and while I enjoy it sometimes like I don't have like a, a drive to go play tennis the way that you like long for playing tennis I know, and miss, I miss that it. you I miss it. don't play it that often. I on the other hand have a longing and a missing of like playing video games. And I've learned through that that I've tried to play them, and I think they have the opposite effect on both of us, probably just like tennis. For you, it's like it's what you do to calm down, to like get your anger out or whatever if you're just like chilling. Tennises or video games? Video games. <laughs> and for me, video games produces anxiety. I like playing it, I'm like, ah, oh, ah, I can't do this. It's going to hurt me. Ah, nah, nah. So then... Uh, the opposite for tennis. For you, I think tennis produces anxiety because, you know, it's a lot of cardio. Yes, yes. It's, it's like a chore. It's a workout. I'm not good at it. Yeah, and for me, I'm like, hell yeah. How hard can I hit this ball? So. <laughs> that's, a, that's a really good, yeah. I totally agree with that. But I think it's important that neither of us ever just says, like, tennis is your thing and video games is my thing. Yes, and that and that I think takes us all the way back around to the sort of crux of the reason we chose this topic. And you know, if there is anyone who does listen to this as sort of like a roadmap, or you know, comparing their own relationships, or just thinking about what you're finding, like I personally believe, and again, this is totally anecdotal evidence. Like I'm not, you know, we don't have any expertise or anything like that. But I, I have truly found that I think that becomes far more important. I have dated people in the past who shared my passion for video games, for example, and while that made it very easy to connect early on in the relationship you sort of eventually realize like, oh, we don't actually have a deeper, more meaningful connection and this doesn't necessarily work out, right? Like, so if it's just that surface level types of things, I think it's more difficult. Whereas having a desire to, and a drive for, and an understanding of like, this person has different interests than me. I am going to try to find that same interest. I'm going to pursue that knowledge, you know? And I've known people in the past who they've had problems in their relationships because maybe you start, um, you know, with a, I'm just gonna get personal. My parents, for example, uh, you know, they started off with a very, you know, similar interests, including things like politics and things of that nature. And over time, they became less similarly interested in that thing and it became less of a critical uh, you know, aspect of one of their lives. And then there started to become cracks in the relationship because they weren't actually trying to pursue each other's interests. They had just conveniently had the same interests. And now I was also going to bring up your mother. Sorry, oh, Becca. Dear. Now she's dating someone and she's very much in love with someone who is the complete opposite on the political spectrum than she is. And also just very opposite in general. In but I think ways. they they work very well together. And I always think about, you told me this too, like, Randy is, Randy's not a city guy. <laughs> Randy does not love coming down to Chicago. But he comes down because Becca wants to come see us. And I think about, like, at the Art Institute. I'm sure Randy is bored out of his mind. Let's be real. I'm bored out of my mind at the Art Institute, too. But Nick has a membership. I actually think Randy was more entertained by things at the Art Institute than you were. <laughs> but he does it for the most part because he loves your mother. Yeah. And he wants to share her interests. And then, on the flip side, Becca will go to these gun shows. <laughs> or ride a motorcycle around, or, yeah. Wear fox fur on her head. <laughs> yeah, so anyways, it just works out. And so that, that is where I think the opposites attract happens, is that you can, the, 
the cool part about being opposite or having different interests from someone else is that you get to share them and mold them together and you also get to teach them. Like Nick is not an athlete. <laughs> Ouch. Ouch. I mean, yeah, okay. <laughs> and so getting to share a lot of athletic passions with him, I constantly need to be moving. Nick's mind is always moving. My body always needs to be moving or I lose my mind. And so being able to share yoga and tennis and we are doing kickboxing lessons together now. Yeah. All of that. It, it has really brought us closer together. And <laughs> it has helped Nick get healthier. That's true. But I also think it's a it's part of what comes there is like the intentional shared experience too. Yes. Agreed. I think that ends up having a great aspect. So. Yeah, like at the kickboxing class we took the other day, both of us are, I don't know what muscle that is. I think it's your lats. Both yeah, the of one our, underneath your, your arm, like under your armpit. Both of us were like, are your armpits sore? Because my <laughs> armpits are sore. So it, it led to a shared experience of, you know, coming together and being on the same page of sore armpits. That's weird. <laughs> yes. It also leads to the shared experiences, including uh, going to movies together and being able to discuss them afterwards. So with that, I think we might as well go transition. Do you have anything else on In Love? Oh, I just put cats on here. Nick Nick wasn't a cat guy, and now he is. Ha, 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 Okay, you can. <laughs> in love with movies. Da-da-da. In love with movies. Da-da-da. And we're back. Well, hello there. <laughs> Oh, hey, good looking. <laughs> Thank you all for uh, being patient with our sponsors. Now, uh, welcome back to In Love With Movies. And uh, the part you've all probably, uh, well, not all, maybe at least some of you have been waiting for, uh, where we're going to discuss Star Wars The Rise of Skywalker. And then we're going to talk about it in general before we get into some listener questions at the end. So make sure to stay tuned, especially if you're one of the many people who left us some. Thank you for that. Um, and just as a disclaimer, this is going to be probably 90% Nick talking, just because I'm not a um, Star Wars guru, like Mr. Baldwin is over here, who literally knows all the words and all the things. So I'm just going to share my overall opinion as a, a Star Wars fan who enjoys it for the movies and the fun, which I'm sure a lot of you are as well. But if you're a nerd, good on ya. I am very fascinated <laughs> that you just said that, and I'll be curious to see whether it turns out correct or okay, not, whether right. you talk a great deal more or not, okay. or I talk a great deal more. So, overall, though, normally we have the, you know, in love at first sight for the movie type of story, and the punchline for that is, I went to go see it once in IMAX before you then joined me uh, to see it. We've both seen it in the last month or so, so that's the in love. There's not, I don't think, any huge... Uh, yeah, I dropped, dropped Nick off at the movie theater by himself at 8 a.m. to go see a showing of this. And I went to go bake cookies with my best friend um, because Nick is, I love him, but he gets very, very anxious because he can't be on social media or any of his YouTubes uh, because he doesn't want to see spoilers. So he wants to form his own opinion first. So Nick's seen the movie twice. I've seen it once. We all went with your family, uh, your mom, Randy, and your uncle. And indeed, indeed. we saw it in Bowling Green, Ohio. Yes. Yeah. Well, uh, somewhere around there. Okay, whatever. <laughs> anyway, uh, so with that said, though, speaking of anybody who's sensitive to spoilers, from this point forward, we are 100% fully spoiler-filled. So if you, by chance, have not seen this movie, we are recording on January 20th. So 
Uh, What's you, wrong with you? <laughs> you? You should have probably seen it by now, or or if you haven't seen it a month later, you know what I mean, you may or you're the person who doesn't care about spoilers, which is fine, so we appreciate you listening. Uh, if not, or if you do, then go ahead and listen to it. If you are listening to this far flung in the future, know that we are only having kind of rumors around the movie and other things like that so if there's later additional canon or movies that explain any of this hello to you future people but if you know the answers to anything we talk about that we don't um you know that's why because it was uh we recorded this after having only seen it the one or two times yes all right so other than that kind of what is your overall impressions what did you think do you like it do you dislike it what do you got i liked it a lot i actually remember walking out of the movie theater, saying to Nick, that was my favorite of the three, of the three new ones. Just because I thought it was very action-filled. It was, it ended, which is good. All Star Wars needs to come to an end. And uh, I just really liked kind of the new things that they added in there. I will say I liked The Force Awakens. That's the first of the new one, right? Yeah, of the new trilogy. (laughs) Yeah. Loved it, but I don't think that it added really anything new besides the fact that they, like, murdered Han Solo, which is rough. But um, it is basically all the other Star Wars movies reminding you what Star Wars is about. And this movie added a lot of new stuff, and it was a lot of fun, and I cried. And, uh, yeah, I really, truly enjoyed it. How about you? Overall rating. Oh, well, I, mean, I wasn't going to give, oh, like, a sorry. number of hearts Okay, don't yet. give a, hearts. Just... But, uh... Overall impressions were, I think, for what the movie had to choose to do, it did a very good job. I think that it is very apparent to me that there was no um, overall guiding force of a plan for the entire trilogy. And so, while I don't actually hate... I, I would not a fan of Last Jedi, but I don't hate some of the choices that were made. My problems with it had a lot more to do with kind of tone and some other choices and things of that nature. But, like... Uh, the overall story arcs I don't dis, uh, dislike as much as some people do. What I think is very apparent, though, is J.J. Abrams, whether he had thought about it when he made Force Awakens, had some idea in his head about where he wanted the trilogy to go or thought about it afterwards, like, this is where I would have taken the trilogy, and then basically tried to cram this, like, movie number two and movie yeah. number three's content into yeah. one movie. Agreed. I hated uh, The Last Jedi. I really did not like that movie. I thought it was pointless. Um did not seem like a Star Wars movie with the when they're riding those freaking big dogs and like it was just real dumb. I did not like that one. So sorry if you're the person who likes that one. But I I agree. They tried to like fix everything that the last movie did in too much too short amount of time. Yeah. And one of our neighbors actually the other day asked, "Do you think they should have made this two movies? Like kind of like Harry Potter did the the eighth and was it the eighth one? Uh, yeah, the seventh and eighth. Seventh and eighth, whatever. Which is the seventh and the seventh essentially. Uh, But personally, my answer is, you can't make a trilogy into four movies. So I understand where they're going. So now going into I know too much and and, and follow too many things, it would seem that I think that even Disney realized that. Yeah. Because there has been word come down that apparently they've announced they're never going to do a trilogy again. And I think it is because they recognize that when you choose to say, this is a trilogy, like you lock yourself into yeah. a certain pattern of things, which does not give you as much freedom to do things like we're going to let Ryan Johnson do whatever the fuck he wants with this weird, uh, you know, version of Star Wars. Like if it was its own thing and it was its own movie mm-hmm. or a side set or whatever, if it was just one in a long line of multiple movies, 
it really wouldn't have made that much of a difference. You could still course correct however you want with as many movies in the future. Whereas if you've said, we're doing a trilogy, you now lock yourself into like, yep, you got to wrap this up now. <laughs> yeah, agreed. And it's, I mean, it's perfect example of Rogue One. That was a fantastic movie. Phenomenal. And didn't have to be anything but just that movie. Yeah. Uh, Solo, a not Star Wars story. That was a horrible movie. God awful. Gosh, that guy was not Han Solo at all. Anyways, we're not talking about those movies, though. We're talking about this movie. So, can I say the things I liked about... Uh, you can say whatever you want. What is it called? The Last Jedi? Oh, The Last Jedi? We're talking, or we're talking I about... Mean, what is the name of this dang movie? Star Wars Episode Nine: <laughs> okay, The Rise nine. of Skywalker. Number nine. I get them all confused. Oops. Um, so, what I did like, and I heard other, your reviewer people say this, too. It was a super Star Wars-y Star Wars movie. Yes. There was tons and tons of, like, lightsabers and, like, cool Jedi tricks and stuff. I really, I've said this every single time someone's asked me about it. I love the scene when Ray puts her lightsaber behind her back and then Kylo Ren has his arms behind his back and then pulls her lightsaber out because they set it up the whole movie of like they're all, they're in different places but somehow through the force they can like be in the same place. Like when they were fighting and then knocked over the cherries and the cherries flew into the starship or wherever, the starship. The Starship Enterprise, and then... It was, it was a Starship, and it was a Star Destroyer, I think. But yeah, it's a Starship <laughs> of sorts. Anyways, so I thought that was really cool that they could communicate, they could FaceTime whenever they wanted to, but, like, be in <laughs> different areas, but also be in the same area. I don't know, I just thought that was friggin' cool. Yeah, I totally agree. I actually think that was one of the, like... A lot of people get cranky sometimes, and I think that a lot of fans of Star Wars have a tendency to... Um, say like that's not my star wars type of thing and, and like or that's not how the force works or those always those jokes and i think a lot of people forget that like literally every installment of the entire series all including the ones that george lucas was in charge of had some new force power introduced like the idea of being able to move things with your mind completely new in empire strikes back it's just been a really long time <laughs> since that happened so people forget it you know the idea of uh kind of force ghosts and things that was mind blowing at first you know when it first came out or force running was first introduced really in canon in episode one you know what i mean so when somebody says like oh force can't do that or you know some people get upset about like, like force how do you healing. know yeah, exactly right? like, <laughs> and as long as it's done well which i think that that was then i'm totally on board with it now i have some qualms about force healing which we can talk about in a second but i'm curious speaking of the lightsaber swap do you think it was a missed opportunity or do you think they made the right choice in that she gives Ben Solo Anakin Skywalker's lightsaber instead of giving him his mother Leia's lightsaber? What, like, who should have battled with Leia's lightsaber? Okay, when you asked me that question, yes, he should have gotten her lightsaber. The Ben should have gotten his mother's lightsaber. When I was sitting in the movie theaters, I have no idea whose lightsaber is what. <laughs> I just knew that she passed one on to him. Also, the fact that Leia has a lightsaber because now she's a trained Jedi, which never happened before, that part I had issues with. Like, that you, like it just was like never mentioned before? No one ever said Leia went through training before, and now all of a sudden they're like, oh, here was a flashback of her training. It's like, well, mm -hmm. I do think that's an example of J.J. being like, this is how I would have done it. Yeah. And there's precedence within like previously no longer considered canon legend stuff where she was trained. In fact, like in, in the books that came out in the 80s, right after Return of the Jedi, Leia is Luke's first apprentice. Not that I'm anti-Leia being a Jedi, but I just think she's so badass on her own that she doesn't also have to be a Jedi. She's like in charge of all these people. She's a general. 
That's fair. I guess I hadn't thought of it that way. I always, the thing that got me is I feel like people were upset that Leia could do what she did where she pulled herself, you know, in, in, uh, Last Jedi with Ryan Johnson's movie. Mm -hmm. And I was upset about that, not because like, oh, she has force powers, but like you've given no indication that she has any reason to have that ability, right? Like just you having the force to me was like, that's, but so I like the idea of her having training. Okay. That's fair. But I, I like your point on, like, you know, just, just because. So, speaking of force healing, though, thoughts on force healing? Like the snake thing uh-huh. in the hole? Uh-huh. So, I also wrote this down. In the movie, I was like, that was random. Uh-huh. And I know we're not getting into this, and we can do a whole nother podcast. But then, if you guys have watched The Mandalorian, yes. I don't know, maybe spoiler alerts, Baby Yoda can also force heal. So, it's not like a standalone thing. I think it's... It, baby Yoda's being able to do it uh, solidified Ray doing it in the movie being okay. And I think they set it up better in Mandalorian. Well, that was just an overall better everything. But that's, yeah. Plus yes. Baby Yoda. Okay, let's not get off too okay. much on a tangent. Woo, I love but Baby I Yoda. But I do think that's an example of it. And I'm curious if you had any other thoughts on this where there's a lot of things in this movie that were just sort of, because I think of them trying to do so much, very convenient. Like, oh, we just fell into this pit where we happened to find this uh, dagger that was absolutely necessary for anything to progress. And then, oh, we happened to find this snake and she happens to have the ability to force heal and the snake happens to be in front of this exit from said cave. Like, <laughs> come on. To me, the, uh, the not knowing the insides as just a movie watcher, it's fine. It's just part of the adventure. And I like that all of them were together and they were going along and... It didn't bother me Okay, to well, answer your question. That's good. By the way, I don't know if any of you all can hear this, but there is a car alarm going that off. That does bother me. That is bugging yeah. the crap out of me, and I just really hope it's not disrupting you all's auditory uh, experience. Now but, they're not going to not unhear it. Well, they may not have heard it in the first place. Questions. What are your thoughts about Palpatine's return? Responses to that. <laughs> okay, again, as like a basic Star Wars bitch, I was like, oh, he was something before, right? Like, he just was not that important to me, but I knew he was the emperor because he went, um, I wrote down, what did I write? Palpatine is nast. <laughs> he, the way that he looks is just really gross to me. Um, I thought one thing I really did like that you didn't like was the opening scene of the movie. I liked Kylo Ren, not Ben. I liked Kylo Ren, like, running under that thing and then all having all the flashing lights and, like, seeing this creepy downstairs place, <laughs> downstairs, wherever it was, where he went down the thing and then, yeah. I thought that was very cool. Oh, I thought it was visually amazing. Yeah. And the choice to have the Emperor alive somehow out in the unknown regions was also awesome. What I didn't like, and I think is also indicative of, like, there was no fucking plan. They did not know this was happening. What I didn't like was, like, big news, the Emperor is back, and that happens in the first sentence. I know. It is literally, the dead speak. The words, the dead speak, is how this movie begins. And then it is just like, hey, we're leaping in with the fact that you just gotta be on board with the fact that there was a announcement that the Emperor is alive. I would have liked to see that announcement. And the same way... The Force Awakens ends on sort of a cliffhanger with us seeing Rey hand the lightsaber to Luke and you're wondering, oh God, what happens next? Mm -hmm. I think if they'd had a plan and had all been on the same page, Last Jedi would have ended with a cliffhanger of like that broadcast happening and then you wouldn't be just, what the fuck? 
and then literally change nothing else. Change nothing else about The Rise of Skywalker. The fact that it starts with the dead speak, etc., etc., etc. If the previous movie had ended with that announcement, I'd be like, on board, 100%. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Like, even in the trailers, they were making it this, like, looming thing. Like, who is it? Is he back? How's he back? And then they're like, well, there he is! Yeah, it's like, we're not going to explain how that happened. You're not going to have any time to kind of digest this. It's just like, get on board. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> and we're going. But I thought, I don't know. It was better than nothing. I also wrote down, I'm very happy that Ray is a somebody. It pissed me off so much in the last movie that they're like, you're nobody. And I was like, yes, she is. How else does she have these powers? So I thought it was an interesting way to have her be a somebody, but to be part of the dark side and to have to fight that. I think that's brilliant. Did it have to be Palpatine? No. Could they have brought back Darth Maul? Maybe. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know if she could have been uh, his, his dad, but Darth Maul was brought back. She at, couldn't have uh, been anyone's dad. In Solo. There's definitely some... She's uh, a female. You're right. You're right. I mean... <laughs> All righty. Uh, yeah. No, I feel stupid. But yeah, she, it didn't have to be a direct line of like life to Palpatine, you know what I mean? But I think uh, one thing I, I could have seen happening would be like another situation where, so there's lots of fan theories out there that with Shmi Skywalker, Shmi? that is Anakin Skywalker's mother's name. Okay. <laughs> so I don't know if you remember from episode one, Anakin That's Skywalker, uh, Darth Vader's AKA ex-wife. No, it's Darth Vader's mother. Oh yeah. yeah so Darth Vader's <laughs> mother there was this whole storyline of there being like an, an immaculate conception where she says, I've mm. never been with anyone, but I had a kid. And so there was that populated fan theories that uh, Palpatine had actually like somehow, you know, infused a life, created life in her womb using the dark side. Right. And so if something like that uh, had also been the case for Ray, uh, I'd have been like 1000% on board for that too. Yeah. Um, we will get into it a little bit later with a with a, another question, and, I, and I'm going to save it because it took a lot of research for me to figure out the answer to that. But long story short, somebody got it on with Palpatine, but who listen, has never been a looker. <laughs> listen, lots of women get it on with very ugly, old, creepy men because they want money or power, so I understand it. That's all I have to say about that. <laughs> um, the other things that I really liked about this movie were... The new characters that they introduced. I thought it was, again, being very Star Wars-y. They had a ton of different kinds of characters. So they had a new uh, droid. I put BD-1, but that's not his name. That's the video game. I forget the little the new droid's name. Oh, Who's like, thank you, thank you. He's very scared. No, thank you. No, thank you. He's a consent robot. <laughs> I, I loved that. I, lo- I loved... Whoever they got to voice that was perfect. Mm-hmm. For the first moment when somebody goes to try reach down and touch him, and he's just like, he wheels back and goes, no, thank you. <laughs> I thought that was cute. Babu Freak? I think it's Babu Freak, yeah. Yeah, I looked it up. Babu Frick, Babu Freak, whatever. That guy is hilarious. A perfect. little, like... So good. little sneezily thing. I don't know what he was. I liked him a lot. Um, and I did like the... Her name is... Zori? Yeah. The one played by Carrie Russell, even though you don't ever really get to see her face. Zori Bliss, yeah. She is beautiful and awesome, and but she gets nothing in this movie. I know. That's so underutilized. Yeah. The only thing she gets to also do is give her consent at the end to not give a kiss. Here's another thing, though. That's true. That was a, that was a really good one. And, and I want to talk about the Zori, uh, Poe, Finn trifecta in a minute here. But um, I'm curious your thoughts on, like... So I feel like they decided that it's... I, I feel like there's innate sexism in this trilogy. 
because there's like we have this one powerful woman so we can't give any screen time to any other powerful women I wrote that Captain down too Captain Phasma has been done so dirty exactly I wrote that down and then Zori down. is also like I want to know more of her like and they cover the faces of these women too so like they never like who's Captain Phasma uh, Someone famous. The woman who played Brienne of Tarth. I forget the actress's name now. I feel really bad. But if you watch Game of Thrones, the woman who played Brienne of Tarth. Yeah. And who plays Zori Bliss? Carrie Russell, who's famous most recently from The Americans, but also people might know her from shows like Felicity and stuff like that in the 90s. Got it. Gorgeous woman. Yeah, so and, these and women... beautiful and a great actress. They don't even... They show their, like, body, but they don't ever really show their face. So I think... I agree with you. And, I mean, Carrie Fisher... Also another strong... Very strong woman... They did a very, they did their best that they could in this movie. Yeah, I was going to ask, what are your thoughts on uh, Carrie Fisher scenes? In real life, I thought she should have died in the last movie. When she got sucked out of the spaceship, I was like, well, I was crying during that because I was like, oh, this is, because I knew she was dead in real life. I was like, this is how they end her and good, fine. She like saved other people, had to be sucked out. Then they brought her back and they tried really hard to make her lines fit. And I don't know. I like seeing more Carrie Fisher, but like I said, they didn't need to have young Carrie Fisher. And then the scene where she actually finally went away, that got me. And I think I'm the only one who noticed this, but if you watch that scene again, I could be wrong because I only saw it once. Her actual daughter, Billy Lord, is not in that scene, even though she's in almost all the other scenes where they're in that camp or whatever. Um, and I think it's because that was probably too hard of a scene to film for her mother, like passing away i could see that yeah I, I don't recall i remember we talked about this and i couldn't remember because i wasn't watching for it on my second viewing but I, I i absolutely could see that being the truth and also i mean i like that leia was the one to stop ben from okay. killing ray like finally he listens to his mom <laughs> which prompted dad to come and be like son and he's like dang it both my dead parents now <laughs> so in now some, I have to change. In some of my research, I found that there's apparently the original J.J. Abrams cut. There's some scenes that got cut uh, for the the actual feature release that included a little bit more explanation in the idea that somehow that memory or that visit, so to speak, from uh, Han, that Leia had like a direct hand in making that happen. Hmm. And that, that, that. that's not very clear, obviously, in the movie that we watched. I don't think it needs to be clear. Okay. I actually kind of like the idea of as long as it wasn't a force ghost. Like, yeah. I remember, yeah, that I was like a little bit like leery and upset and wondering what was going on. And then I kind of like the idea of him then though being like, oh, you're just a memory or whatever. Mm -hmm. And then he moves on with that. Yeah, agreed. Can I tell you the other things I wrote down that I did not like? Sure. Um, when Chewie explodes, this is in quotes, in the first uh, ship or whatever, when he gets like taken and then that ship explodes. I didn't feel a single thing because there was like no stakes in it. I was like, Chewie's not dead. I don't know. I just thought that was poorly done and they didn't actually have to do that. I, yeah, I kind of agree with you. I mean, I think that it was supposed to be like, they needed some mechanism for her to show her terrible powers and her anger and things like that. And for that, they're trying to like have that get stakes. But I, I agree. That yeah. was. Yeah. Didn't do anything for me. Also, C-3PO wiping the memories. I was like, that's not actually going to happen because they mentioned that R2 holds the memories, but he's bad at it, but whatever. Yeah, well, but the scene, though, when he's all like, saying goodbye to my friends. It was yeah. like, whatever, dude. Okay. I didn't feel it. Yeah. Did not feel it. Um, hated the kiss at the end. <laughs> Ooh, hot take, hot take. Literally, no point in that. <laughs> like, they, I felt their chemistry as friends, especially when they were like, 
when they were fighting on the old Death Star and there was all the um, water and stuff, you can, like, feel chemistry between them because they're not trying to kill each other. They, like, clearly love each other but are mad at each other. And I'm like, that's, like, a... That's my brother. That's my sister. I did not feel that they loved each other, like, romantically, so I just thought that was unnecessary. I, I read another story uh, that was on IGN about the J.J. Abrams cut that also said that apparently he hated the kiss as well. Yeah. And I agree with you. We've talked about this before. Like, why does every male-female relationship in movies have to be a romantic one? Have uh, Poe and uh, Finn kiss. Uh, that was also apparently something J.J. tried to supposedly yeah. push for, but they, they... I don't know that it was ever filmed, but, like, they did not want to do it. Yeah, well, that's lame. But they set up that there was going to be, like, ooh, LGBT-friendly in this movie. And then it was just two random character, two women at the end kiss, which... Good. I, fine. Didn't feel anything, though. I was like, oh, that's her partner. You know, I was just like, this is everyone's reunion. It's sure. not, but I guess they tried. Uh, they half-assed it. They chickened yeah, out. Yeah, they did. And then... So you, so do you, hold on, do you ship Finn and Poe then? No, I only say that because one of my best friends really, really, really does, so I want to get her point out there. I, I do. I ship the two of them, and I've seen other things, like there's some extended content, some, some novels where Finn talks kind of about, like, I don't care about, you know, uh, Rose, or like, we've talked about it, or he says, like, oh, we've talked about it, we're not that way, and then Finn is kind of like, it's, the story's being told from Finn's perspective, so you keep getting this sense that Finn is like, fishing for like hey what's the deal with you and rose and what's the deal with you and ray and i know some people are probably like well but then you know his relationship with uh zori wouldn't mm -hmm. work and i'm like no what the hell like he could it, it is 2020 now all right like we are in a place where he could be attracted to both males and females and still want to get it on with zori but also be like totally head over heels for finn and i have no problem with that or no one has to be sexual with anyone. <laughs> Why can't we all be comrades and fair, friends? Fair, fair point, fair point. I'm glad that uh, Finn is not with Rose, though. That was so awkward. <laughs> that was one of my this, questions you got answered, too. I will say this... Um, they did her dirty, too. Like, this, yeah, they did. But this trilogy didn't need any romance at all. There really wasn't any. Except for there needed to be more Leon Han, but unfortunately he got killed. Fair. But they're divorced or whatever. Too. What was your other didn't like it things? Um, I hated that there was like a traitor in the Empire. Oh my god. And then the guy goes, it's me! I'm the traitor! And then he just gets killed. Like, I also don't think there was a point in that. At all. I, I Honestly, what I think the point was is like, they had in me, this is my own opinion, Last Jedi, one of the mistakes it made was... General Hux, that redhead guy, mm -hmm. played by a brilliant actor, mm -hmm. was originally set up to be a foil to uh, Kylo Ren, mm -hmm. and supposed to be the same way, like the same kind of foil in a sense, the way that Tarkin was for Vader. So if you go back mm -hmm. to the original trilogy, you had this like really smart, sophisticated, uh, you know, uh, very ruthless general, and Hux seems that way a lot in the first movie of this trilogy. Yeah. Then Last Jedi, in the first scene, he gets. Yo mama joked by Poe Dameron and then gets literally thrown and slapped around like a bitch by both Kylo Ren and Snoke throughout that movie. And mm -hmm. so they made him the butt of a joke. And I feel like they then, that's why you have that other random great British actor yeah. did not look up his name, but he like is there to serve as the Tarkin surrogate. And then they were like, well, we fucked up Hux. So instead we're just going to kill him really quickly. Make him have one scene where he still seems like he's an idiot. Oh! spy and then we have him replaced yeah that was just bad yeah anyway <laughs> um and then my last note was just palpatine is mad nast 
Oh, you already said that. Yeah. Palpatine is nasty. Um, and then I just had like final questions, but we can go to that at the end if you wanted to. Uh, like your final questions? My questions that I have just left. Oh. Un- okay, let me ask a question then first. Uh, where? What do you think about uh, the Star Destroyers, all of those Star Destroyers having, uh, you know, Death Star capabilities? What does that mean? Like they can destroy <laughs> planets. So it literally didn't oh. matter to you as a, as a Again, as fan. a basic Star Warser, I don't understand any... I just didn't matter. The stakes didn't truth mean anything. Truth is what is in front of me for the most part. Okay. Because there's there's a lot of people that complain that it was like, oh, okay, so we got a Death Star, and then oh, we got a second Death Star, and then oh, we've got the the super mega Death Star in Force Awakens, and then this one, it's like, well, every Star Destroyer exists and has the ability to destroy mm. a planet. Ah, yep. Didn't think of it. <laughs> okay, I, I kind of didn't mind it. Yeah. I, I just I always thought that you know the Emperor. If he was able to exist and had been, like, secretly plotting all these things for as long as he had, then it's, you know, totally fine that, you know, it would be very possible for him to have plotted and planned all these other things. So, you have questions before I get to listener questions. Um, my, I think I only have two questions. The first question is, like, there's a lot of exposition in this movie where I don't think there needs to be, but when Kylo Ren walks in, he's like, we're a force dyad! Like, I didn't even understand what that meant and how they were connected. And I almost everyone I talked to was like, I thought they were brother and sister this whole time. So I just, I don't know. What is a forced diet? How are they even actually dyadically <laughs> connected? Uh, for me, at least, that was another example of a force, uh, like, power that had never been described before, and I was personally okay with it. I agree with you that, like, it didn't need to be... They could have been brother and sister, and that could have worked, although or other reasons or it didn't work. I don't know. But they also didn't need to be related, and I also think that it was dumb that there was, like, I feel like that was another justification for making them romantically involved. And again, why does that have to be the case? That yeah. doesn't make any sense to me. Um, but to answer your question, I did not do the research on it, but the Star Wars Rise of Skywalker visual dictionary I know has an answer to it, and that's one of the places that I wrote down a lot of answers that I had, like, had to Google and look up and things like that. I did not look into the details of it, but there's apparently a further description in there if you're curious. Nah, I won't look. (laughs) And then my last one was, okay, at the end, I will say I did cry a lot when Chewie screamed after Leia died. I felt that. That was like the roughest part of that movie. Yeah. Because like Ben died and I was like, well, moving on. I felt so awkward after the kiss that I couldn't feel bad that he actually died. (laughs) <clears throat> and then um, there's also like the whole ending scene where Chewie gets a medal and blah blah blah. Um, and then Lando is sitting with Jana, is her name, the new like former uh, uh-huh, uh, uh-huh. Uh, former stormtrooper. Stormtrooper. And then she had no interactions the whole movie with Lando. And then she's like, "I want to know where I'm from." And he's like. Well, let's see. And I was like, where did that come from? That was so out of the blue. So then I said to you, as soon as we walked out of the movie theater, I said, that set something up for a spinoff. Now it's like Lando's new adventure with this girl. And the question is, is that his daughter? I was like, is he related to her in some way? So that's my other question. And I I hope that I'm correct in like a year or two. They're going to be like, Lando's adventure and have those two be together. But not have it be another freaking trilogy. We're done with that. And I'm ready for the end of Skywalker everything. So you don't want the story to continue and follow Rey? No. Bye-bye. <laughs> All right. All I'm right. ready to, like, bring me more Baby Yoda. 
more baby Yoda. I'm on board with more baby Yoda. All right. Well, we do have a few listener questions before we uh, move forward with things. I'll I'll save some of the factual ones for me to be pedantic at the end, but some opinionated ones. Paul asks, and thank you everyone again. Thank you everyone who wrote in with questions. We really greatly appreciate uh, all of you that had these thoughts and comments. Um, please always reach back out to us and, and engage with us on our Facebook and other social medias. But Paul asks, why did Finn want, what, or sorry, what did Finn want to tell Ray? What do you think? Fi- Ooh, so Finn kept being question. like, oh, I got to tell you something before we die. What do you think it was? I thought it was that he's gay. Yeah? Yeah. You thought it was that like he's all about Poe? That, that maybe he just wanted to get it off his chest like I'm gay. I don't know. Okay. 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 <laughs> what do you think it was? I, I had always, um, I sort of thought that it would probably end up being either that he had feelings for her, Ugh. which Ugh. I actually would have shipped that more than I did Kylo Ren. Yeah. But I, I also thought it might be that he was force sensitive. Now. The, I thought that too. Yeah. But I like the gay thing better. <laughs> <laughs> But other than that, it, yeah, I was kind of thinking that. Because he can hold a uh, lightsaber. He knows how to use a lightsaber when you're not supposed to be able to unless you have the Force. Correct. So. Yeah. And I feel like that was set up in The Force Awakens. And actually, and Paul seemed to know this, oh. he just wasn't uh, terribly great at it. He instead, uh, what J.J. has come out and said is that there, it, that he was going to say that he was Force sensitive. Oh. Like that that was the plan. Force sensitive could also mean <laughs> that you're <laughs> That. Wow. All right. Moving past that. <laughs> Sorry. Um, but Paul wanted to know what were our thoughts on the idea of them actually him confessing his love. Would you have liked that? Or no. 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 Like... like I said, they all just need to be buds. Okay. Okay. Fair enough. Fair enough. That's all a good right. question, Paul. Thanks. Thank you, Paul. All right, Sam. Sam asks, why does Ray choose the name Skywalker and not Solo? And not Solo. Yeah. So why doesn't when she's asked at the end of the movie? What's your last name? Why do you think she chooses Skywalker and doesn't say Solo? Because she spent all that time on the mountain with Luke. Mm-hmm. He's the one who kind of trained her. And so did Leia. I agree. And they're both Skywalkers. Yeah. She's no... And, and if she picks Solo, then she would confirm that she just kissed her brother. <laughs> well, I mean, I don't know this, but I think maybe the implication here is that, like, oh, she sees herself as, like, being his partner, the uh, dyad, the romance, yeah. the... I'm with you, though. I think the reason she chooses the name Skywalker is because, A, it allows for, like, the quote-unquote rise of Skywalker, the rise of a new <laughs> yes. Skywalker. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, B, though, I think, yeah, like, her parents that she, the only parents she ever really knew were her two mentors, her two Jedi masters, which were Luke, Luke and, and then Leia. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I totally agree with that. And so, I don't think Leia took uh, Han's last name. <laughs> oh, I, God, God, no, I don't think so either. <laughs> Definitely not. She's way too much of a badass for that. Like, it's actually a surprise that he didn't change his name, especially says, spoiler for the movie Solo, Solo wasn't really his name anyway, so, you know, he's just making that stuff up. It's because he's Solo. <laughs> All right. So, then also asks, uh, why did Ben's body disappear, but Ray's stayed a corpse? So, at the end there, when they, like, are swapping the force healing and saving each other's lives... Ray sticks around long enough for him to climb out of the thing and she's a corpse and she's lying there. And then he comes along and, you know, uh, collects her up and then saves her. And then, you know, he dies. Convenience. (laughs) That's yeah. What we were talking about earlier. I think I didn't even think about that one. Yeah. I hadn't thought of that. that I didn't didn't think about either of these questions. Good thought, Samantha. I'm assuming it was Samantha. I will say that. (laughs) Um, yeah, I think convenience, if I were to give it a story explanation, I think you could make an argument for like, 
I didn't love that his mom didn't disappear until the end either, but I think you could make a case for like her having, you know, sort of been a part of him or, or embodied him to some degree or something. You know what I mean? With how she saved him and spoke to him. And then when she disappeared, he disappeared. But can I also say in real life, this is kind of the opposite, but when Carrie Fisher died in real life, her mother died two days later. And I think that's like almost symbolism of like waiting for the person that you love. So Leia wasn't ready to pass on until Ben, the guy that she, her son, (laughs) the guy that she made, (laughs) uh, was ready to pass on with her. Fair enough. I think that also kind of goes in with what I was going to say too, is I think that and our, our case could be made for like, not every single person, even for sensitive people disappear. It's kind of a, supposed to be a big deal when they do. And it's sort of like they become part of the force, right? Like that they're becoming one with the force. And so I think that it was like, she wasn't ready to become, you know, completely one with the force until he was gone. And then, you know, he was ready to become one with the Force, but the Force wasn't done with Rey. The Force wanted Rey to still exist. The Force was like, you know, Force is destiny. It's, mm-hmm. you know, faith, whatever. So it, like, wanted Rey to survive. So that's why she stayed a corpse. That'd be my thought process there. Good question, though, Sam. All right. And then, um, so a couple of other questions that I've got. These ones are more, like, factual. So if you people, the, the, I have less opinions, but if you want to share your opinions, please do chime in. So someone, uh, Sam also asked, uh, what is the age group between Rey and the Emperor? So, like, the so what age. is the age difference between Rey and her grandfather? So I had to do some digging in terms oh, of... Oh, isn't he like 50,000 years old or something? So actually, there is a case to be made in some beliefs that maybe Palpatine is in fact older than we any of us realize. Mm-hmm. But I assume, because there's a lot of conversation around this... That the question is like, was he all dirty and nasty, like and, and you know wrinkled and weird? Uh, and so I look was looking it up, and so, whew, okay, Ray on the official timeline, Ray is born the same year that Ben Solo starts his training. Ben Solo started his training at ten years old. There is, let's see, ten years then gets you back to uh, before uh, she's born. It gets you back to 10 years is approximately where Return of the Jedi takes place, where we defeat the Emperor, we blow up the second Death Star. There's four years time difference between that and the movie A New Hope. Then there is 19 years difference between that and the movie uh, Revenge of the Sith, where Emperor Palpatine first becomes Emperor, Darth Vader is created, and the Emperor goes from being a regular middle-aged looking dude to a wrinkly, pale, weird Sith Lord dude. Timeline-wise, that would mean that there is... 43 years between his deformity and the events of, like, when she was born. So he's only 43 years old? No, no, no. Ray would, like, Ray was born 43 years after he became wrinkly. So he'd be, like, 80 or something like that, which makes sense. But, like, to me, that actually puts him having a kid. Like, if you think about the age of her parents... Him having that kid who became her parents, the son, would have meant that it would have been right around the time he was becoming emperor. But really, probably because you were saying you think they look like their mid-30s or early 30s mm-hmm. when they've got Ray, mm-hmm. That would probably mean that he had the kid after he became old wrinkly face. So he, he got deformed, became the evil emperor, and then had a kid. Somebody got down with old wrinkle face. Thoughts? I said it earlier. It doesn't <laughs> surprise me. <laughs> I also think that 
good job for making Nick do all of that math and stuff, but I still say he's infinity years old. <laughs> so you don't think it matters? So you know, like, that doesn't, doesn't, doesn't No, matter. because I think, and also the Star Wars franchise shows this, that people will put power over everything. So even if he was nasty, wrinkly, only had two and a half fingers on his hand, he still had a lot of power. All right, all right. Uh, and then... We had another question from Federer of the Melanin B. Geekin podcast, and they asked, how could the Death Star, while it was underwater, be in place for the Wayfinder to be able to be found? Uh, and I think what they, they said for the use of the Wayfinder, I think what they meant was like, how does the dagger, is what they meant by Wayfinder. Yeah. How, how is the dagger used to find the Wayfinder? And so this is a, do you have thoughts? Because I have an answer. No, you answer. I okay. don't know. There is, if you listen very closely, and I only caught this the second time, there is, when C-3PO says, go to the other moon of Endor, which is where the Death Star is, has plummeted, or what have you, um, you, he also gives more specific information of specific coordinates, and says, like, go to the, you know, eastern continent on the southwest shore, or something like that. Sorry about that, a little bit of technical difficulties, if it, you heard our sudden cutoff there. Uh, we had some issues with the recording equipment, and therefore all you missed was probably 20 or 30 seconds of me rambling on more about uh, Sith Wayfinders and the like. Uh, from a certain point of view, that's probably a good thing. So we're just going to yeah. move right into our <laughs> plugs. Uh, so what do you have to plug? Oh, you? okay. I, you guys can uh, follow me at Danny Miami 4 on Insta or Danny Smaldwin on Facebook. Uh, we, I have a show. I'm in a show. Yeah. <laughs> for the next year, upcoming year, I'm at Comedy Sports. So Sunday nights at 7, uh, more deets on my my pages. Follow me. Also, if you just got a follow from in love underscore with movies on Insta, that was also me. So follow me back, bitches. Uh, wonderful people. <laughs> <laughs> All right. And your Instagram for yourself is? I said that. Danny Miami 4. Oh, okay. Okay. Oh, sorry. He doesn't even listen to me. I try. Uh, and then I am on Twitter at Nialfeba. That's N-I-A-L-F-E-B-A. Uh, and uh, we have now a TikTok for at With Movies in Love. I don't even know what the heck TikTok is. <laughs> we are figuring it out and filming Danny's uh, quick reviews or recaps of movies will probably be what we use that most for so if you like a little bit of comedy in your life make sure to follow us there and you'll occasionally have us pop up as always you can find us on facebook uh, at www.facebook.com slash with movies in love or just search for in love with movies uh, you can always also reach us via email at uh, with movies in love at gmail.com and then the last thing we wanted to do is our love notes as usual you can hear your own uh, comments to us read aloud on the podcast all you have to do is leave us a five-star rating on itunes uh, podcast or apple podcasts and you will hear us give uh, your words towards us you can plug your own stuff you can talk to us do whatever you want to do just give us a five-star review it really helps out with the algorithms anything else with that make sure you're also following us and subscribing on things so this month's love note is the algorithms okay sorry this is from um a facebook follower it says very easy to listen to enjoyable witty intelligent conversation and interesting movie reviews great job guys thanks right. mom <laughs> thank you for that uh, facebook review uh, again, thank you everyone for listening. Hope you all enjoyed our thoughts on Rise of Skywalker. Engage with us on social medias or email. We want to hear from you guys. 
We really do always like hearing from you. Thanks again, everybody who left comments and things like that. Uh, and we will see you all, or you will hear us all next month. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye. I love you, Danny. Oh, I love you, Nick. <laughs> and we love you, listeners. All the best. This podcast has been produced by me, Nick Baldwin. Theme music by Danny Smith. Using the Anchor app uh, on our iPhone telephone. In love, in love with movies. In love, in love with movies. With Danny and Nick. Da-da-da.